Good evening. My name is Beth Lewis. I'm a member of the community services team here at the United Way, and I welcome all of you for being here. Could the community members join me behind the table, please? For those of you in the audience, the restrooms are back by, towards the elevator. Um, it's a little deceiving because you walk into a door and then the male and female restrooms are in there. Um, and I'll be your moderator for this evening. Barbara, are you ready? Good evening. My name is Barbara McKinney, and I work in Madison Area Urban Ministry. This is our eighth notification. There have been 79 of you who have sat in the very same seats in the same space that you're sitting in now. Some 50% of those decided to listen. They decided to take advantage of the resources that these community partners will offer you tonight. Some decided not to listen, not to take advantage of the resources that these community partners will offer you tonight. We are here representing the community, the community against repeated violence. We represent a community that says, stop. We represent a community that has had enough violence. But you know what? Tonight feels different. I know what it feels like to bury a son. This community is hurting because another young life has been wasted. You are here tonight because of the repeated offenses that make up your criminal record that have harmed the community over and over and over again. But the community has had enough. The reason that tonight feels so different is that our entire community is hurting. We're hurting and we are emotionally drained. Yet here we are again with eight more of you seated before us. What will you do? What choices will you make? Will you continue down the road of no win, no return? Or will you reach out for help? There are many hands waiting to reach out to help you, but ultimately it is your choice and your decision. But because tonight feels so very different, we hope that you will decide that you want to live and not die, that you want to change your life around, that you want to give and not take, that you will be not responsible for any more pain in our community. No more victims, no more scars on this community. But it is ultimately up to you to decide which direction you choose. Because tonight feels real different to me. We are sad because we do not know which direction you will decide or which choices that you will make. But you know what? We'll steer we're still here. And we're here because we still have hope. Thank you, Barbara. The community members will now introduce themselves, and you'll have an opportunity to talk with them later in the evening. Mr. Hawk? James Hawk with the Madison Area of Ministry. Diana Chanel, Madison Apprenticeship Program. I'm Terrence Jones, just someone here to give y'all um, hope and a little understanding about this program. I'm Jesse Payton, SLU participant and advocate for SLU participants. Anthony Cooper, Director of Reentry Services for Nehemiah. I'm Bill Stone, Employment and Training Association. 
Barbara McKinney, Associate Director of Madison Area Urban Ministry, and I run the Windows to Work program inside of Oak Hill. And I'm Beth Lewis, and I also, I'm also here as the State GED and HSCD Administrator in representing education. school at Madison West and you're going to driver's ed, they give you this uh, shock and awe opportunity when you're going to driver's ed to see, okay, this is what could happen to you if you don't drive the speed limit, keep your seat belt, and then they show you, you know, shock and awe and all that gore, okay? Frankly, um, I think you can only get so much mileage out of that scared straight motif it only goes so far as far as the mileage. You're grown men. You understand the implications. We have a, a profound opportunity that's available for you should you exercise your free will and take advantage of it. Coming here today, my wife asked, what is it that you're going to be doing at these things? I said, well, we have this unit, Special Investigations Unit, where I've never seen detectives used quite this way before. Because most of the time, detectives are always working after the fact, trying to pick up that evidence that's going to lead to incrimination or arrests and subsequent court issues. But these detectives have taken on a different sort of mission to them, in the sense that they, too, have grown tired of the default switch going to brick and mortar as an afterthought. That's sort of the traditional response. They, too, want to see if they can make a difference in a meaningful way and be impactful. So you have sort of that, that crossroads that comes as no surprise. We have that uh, you guys, unfortunately, whether you like it or not, when I look at this aggregation of sums of charges or whatever, uh, if it were only the sense that you were affecting a victim singularly, it wouldn't be any more remarkable than perhaps others. But in an aggregate, this is not your first rodeo. We have seen series of crimes that have led to mistrust and hurt and pain in our community. And as the chief of Madison, we've got 455 officers. Everybody knows everybody. We have a picture with your name on it. The detectives are going to be using intense supervisory check-ins with you to ensure that we're taking the right chances, making the right choices. Uh, and I'll tell you what. This is a profound opportunity to get, make this a win proposition. When I was about halfway into the, my office, I ran into one of my SIU detectives. And it was funny because he was literally scratching his head, a little bit bewildered, looking at a piece of paper like it was Egyptian hieroglyphics. I said, well, what's the problem, man? He said, I think I've been asked to write a letter of recommendation for one of my clients for a job. I said, that's a win. That's a win. So I'm, I'm very privileged to have such an august group of colleagues, but I think, as you understand, law enforcement can seamlessly cut across federal, state, county, municipal lines when we're all coordinated and of one mind, of one heart, and of that I think we can speak, in that the sense that we've reached that threshold where it's no mas, we can't do it anymore. And so now therein lies the, the crossroads. Yes, you can decide to default, go the way of so many before you, in which case 
there's a zero tolerance now. There's no more of that. You have a coordinated prosecutor front that says, yeah, we get it. The likely harm to the community is too much. We have primary victims. We have secondary victims. We have the layers of victims as a result of actions. So on that one sand, it's zero tolerance, total accountability. Again, not trying to do any scared straight stuff. It is what it is, and you're recognizing it. I'm hoping that unlike a lot of folks who have come before, is that you will appreciate the sort of wraparound services that we have heard community leaders are willing to put out there for you to try to make for a better outcome. Frankly, when a lot of people get out of the prison or whatever the case is, you just don't find that sort of infrastructure in place and you're left to fend for yourselves. And it is any wonder that we have people reoffending when they don't have a support network there to adequately address the needs you have. So we can go to zero tolerance, come down hard, or as I hope you will, come to your own conclusion that the opportunity here is limitless if you so choose. Gentlemen, my name is Captain Jeff Tischer from the Sheriff's Office. I'm standing in for the Sheriff tonight, but I'm here to tell you a little bit about the Sheriff's Office. I'm here to tell you a little bit about decisions you make here in the future. Um, we are responsible for public safety throughout the entire county. Uh, and we have over 450 sworn deputies that will enforce laws and investigate crimes. Um, and we have a lot of resources available to us. We have deputies that serve civil papers. We have deputies that transport folks to prison. Uh, we have deputies that take care of our folks and guard our people in our jail. Um, this program aligns with, with the philosophies of the Sheriff's Office. This program, we want you to have an opportunity to succeed. We want you to not end up back in our jail, back in our AC blocks, back in our transports going back to prison. We want you to succeed in this community. It's your opportunity. It's your chance to change that. <clears throat> Each of you have extensive criminal histories and have committed serious crimes. And those crimes hurt our community as a whole. It hurt people that care about you most. It hurt your families. It hurt citizens in this community. Right now, you might not trust what's being told to you, uh, but it's an opportunity, and it's an opportunity for, for you guys to change, gentlemen. And the choice is really yours. Um, you can't change the past. You can't change the past. But you can change the future, and your future starts tonight when you walk out that door. And that's, that's really up to you. We have a lot of resources brought together here to help you succeed, but the choice is yours. If not, we have enough people, we have deputies that will ensure, hold you accountable for misactions and violence in our community. So with that, take advantage of the opportunities tonight. Good evening. My name is Jody Warmit. I work for the Wisconsin Department of Justice Division of Criminal Investigation, which is the law enforcement arm of the Attorney General's Office. And in my role as the Director of Field Operations for Western Wisconsin, I've had a chance to meet and build partnerships with everybody seated at this table. We have worked cases together in the past, and we will work cases together in the future. We have a number of technical, analytical, and investigative resources that we can bring to bear uh, to support our local law enforcement partners in criminal investigations. And should you choose to violate the terms of this program, rest assured, we will bring all of those resources to bear. And so tonight, I would ask you to think and to listen and reflect on what's before you and consider the opportunities uh, that are present here and take that positive first step forward. 
um, as you write the next chapter in your life. And so I wish you all the very best. Thank you. My name is Dennis Hirons. I'm the resident agent in charge of the Drug Enforcement Administration here in Madison. I've been in law enforcement for 22 years. I've worked in Chicago, Detroit, Grand Rapids, Michigan, and now here. I've never seen a program like this, and I fully support it. You guys may be thinking to yourself, what does DEA care about me? I'm not a big drug dealer. I'm not a big criminal organization. Well, DEA is a federal agency tasked with investigating drug trafficking organizations, and there's two reasons why we care. First of all, Opium poppies and coca leaves don't grow here in the United States. They grow in far-off places, and it takes a lot of people to get them here. We call those people the cartels, and it's our job to go after the cartels. Any heroin or cocaine that's being sold in the streets of Madison has been supplied by the cartels, and the payment's going back to the cartels, and we care about that. Secondly, DEA is responsible for investigating drug trafficking activity that has a negative impact on the quality of life in our areas. And as repeat offenders, if you guys continue to sell dope, commit drug-related crimes, uh, that is a definite negative impact on our community. And we're going to do something about that. And DEA has a bunch of resources at our disposal, the best being our informants. So if you find yourself in a position at some point in the future where you're selling dope to somebody, think for a second that your customer may be working for us. I've given this list with your names and, and identifiers and pictures to all my agents. I told them to keep an eye out for you in their cases. Um, and I also told them that if you show up in the cases and you screw up again, that they're not to work with you, they're not to make a deal, they're just to refer the, the case right to the U.S. Attorney's Office for federal prosecution. It's not personal. Like some of the gentlemen have echoed, uh, have said, I'd like to echo that we're a, a group, a combined group, trying to put together a united front and do something about the problems in our community. And we think that you guys have had enough chances and um, enough is enough. That being said, I uh, do hope that we don't run into you again because you choose to take advantage of the, the resources that are going to be offered to you tonight. Thank you. Good evening, guys. My name is Dallas Neville. I'm the United States Marshal for this area. The, first of all, I'd like to hope for your success. and in the proposals that you're going to hear tonight. That's real important. As U.S. Marshal, uh, my purpose here tonight is to make it very clear for you folks to understand that if you violate and if there's a warrant issued for you, that we're going to track you down. Um, the U.S. Marshal is often referred to as the long arm of the law. And the reason for that is we have a very broad authority uh, if you leave the city limits, if you leave the county line, if you get outside the boundaries of the of Wisconsin, we still have the authority to track you down, and we will. We've joined forces with these other agencies and created a joint um, violent crime t uh, warrant task force. And in doing so, I deputized all the participating officers as special deputy United States Marshals. And what that allows them to do is uh, extend their long arm that I'm referring to and track down fugitives as we need to. Um, the only other thing is I would just like to, again, wish you well, that you have a, a mess of uh, good community people that want to offer some services and give you a hand. Take advantage of it. We're, we're really hoping for your success. We really do. Thank you. So good evening. My name is Lance Bruce. I'm from the Department of Corrections. I'm the regional chief with the Division of Community Corrections, and I oversee probation and parole operations in Dane County as well as Rock and Green County. Um, first of all, I want to thank each and every one of you for coming today. You did have a choice. You might not have felt that you had a choice to come, but you did have a choice. And in the future, you're going to have many more choices that I hope you take advantage of. Um, my role here tonight isn't to, to inform you like you've heard before that we have also, the Department of Corrections, has entered into a partnership with all of the other law enforcement agencies sitting at this table. So if you violate, if you continue to make the choices, the, um, the law enforcement agencies here will issue the charges, the marshal service will track you down, and the jail will hold you while you're investigated, and the prosecutors will make sure that you are 
sentenced appropriately. So that's one choice, one side of it. The other side of it is to take advantage of opportunities. I know a lot of you are thinking, why me? Why was I selected? It was based on your histories. But as was mentioned earlier, you have the opportunity to change the future, maybe not the past, but the future. And you're going to hear from a lot of people who have taken advantage of that later on tonight if you choose to stick around. And I think their stories are pretty motivating. What does this mean next? What this means next is that you're going to be transferred to a different agent, a specialized agent who is going to be working with specifically all the law enforcement agencies that are here tonight. You're going to see them a lot more. They're going to be working with you on your case plans and plans to help you make changes. Again, those are your choices, though. The agents are going to give you opportunity. The community members that are here tonight are going to give you opportunities. It's your choice whether or not to take advantage of those opportunities, but they will be here for you. If you fail, if you choose to fail, you'll be held accountable. The choice is yours. If you choose to succeed, you will be successful. You're going to get through with this. You're going to get through with your supervision and be able to go on and be productive members of the community, which is what we all want. That's our goal, is to have productive members of the community, to have a safe community without violence. So I wish you luck. I wish you success. And, again, I thank you for coming here tonight. What's up, guys? I'm Jesse Summers. I'm the supervisor here with ATF. I didn't know what I was going to say until about two minutes ago. I'm pretty candid, a little less professional than the guys sitting around me. But I was like, man, am I going to shake my fist at them, or am I going to blow smoke up their ass and tell them that this is going to solve all their problems? Neither. I grew up in Detroit, single mom, poor, and I could be over there very easily. But I looked back on it, and I thought, man, I was lucky. How did I not get into trouble? It wasn't luck. I made my own luck. I made smart choices. And you're being given a chance right now with the community members here to help you out, make those choices. So, you know, make your own luck. You've got the opportunity right now. Or come back through this door, and you've got all of us waiting for you. You know, it's pretty black and white. There's not a whole lot of middle ground. So, like I said, make your luck. Good evening, gentlemen. My name is Mark Person. I'm a special agent with the Federal Bureau of Investigation. The FBI has a budget in the billions of dollars. We have thousands of agents, intelligence analysts, and professional support personnel in every state and around the world. We investigate many different crimes, and we work with these different agencies and others and have quite a wide range of crimes that we investigate. You're now on the FBI's radar and the radar of all these folks at the table here today. In the past, if there's been sufficient factual basis to investigate somebody that's been on our radar, we'll investigate them. They've been prosecuted, convicted either through a guilty plea or a jury trial, and a lot of those folks have gotten lengthy federal prison sentences. So, since you're now on our radar and the radar of all these folks at the table, your best option, your smartest option, is to stay out of trouble and take advantage of these great services that are being provided to you. So, I wish you the best and hope you have a great future. Gentlemen, if you could turn your chairs slightly towards the screen, we'd like to show you a quick video of it. At the end of the day, if you squander the opportunities that we're ready to provide to you today and for the weeks and the months to come, if you squander this, knowing the level of dysfunction that your behavior has already induced in our community, you are going to have to suffer a stringent cost for any continued straying off that path because the community is fed up, resources are weary, and those opportunity resources are best left for someone else who is willing to take that quantum leap of faith to change their lives around. Stepping out of line will no longer provide a next best option to you. We've had it. Division of Community Corrections, or Probation and Parole, formed a partnership with the Madison Police Department with the Focus Deterrence Project in which selected offenders who have a violent history 
have been identified and notified that future criminal behavior, um, noncompliance would be dealt with and there'd be some serious consequences. What happens now, of course, with the SIU is not only are they notified, it really has, in my view, two components. We will give them help, but we will give them the information that they know what will happen if they choose to reoffend. So you were notified a few years ago. Yeah. Um, I guess, can you just talk in general terms, what was it like for you to be notified to get called into that meeting? I thought it was just like, you know, I'm going to come here and meet with these people and after that it's over. But, you know, it was definitely serious when I seen all the detectives and I seen um, the, the feds there and everything. It was just like, wow, it's definitely real. What kind of decisions do you think? What choices brought you back here? I'm definitely hanging around the wrong crowds, going back to my old neighborhoods, thinking I can get away with things. Um, you know, they say uh, if you always do what you always done, you're going to get what you always got. So it was always going to go bad for me by thinking I can do the same things again. Started lying to people. Like I said, um, when I was asking the SIU program for help, it was going good for me. But like, as soon as I started lying to them, telling them that I'm not doing anything, I'm not using, I'm not partying, you know, things did start slipping away. Throughout my teenage year, I was an active member involved in gangs, doing a lot of different things in Chicago. Well, when I was 16 years old, I was a victim of gang violence, and I was shot in the back and left paralyzed from the waist down. And I look at that now, um, so many years removed from that, that dreaded day that I really think back and say that me getting shot was the best thing and worst thing that ever happened to me because it really changed my life and the direction my life was, was heading. Because I think if I would have continued on the path that I was on, I probably would have ended up going to prison, spending the rest of my life in prison, or I could have been, been dead. It's probably if you're sitting here and you're thinking about, okay, how is this relevant to me? You have, a, you have been going through adversity in your life, and you have an opportunity here to try to figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life and change your life. The real power of the program is that the community members, the community providers are there saying the same message, no more violence. And we're here to connect you to whatever resources uh, you need to become a productive member of the community, whether that be education, stable housing, employment, mental health counseling, Whatever that hurdle has been, uh, the community members are there to help provide that for these individuals to help them rehabilitate themselves. Because we live together in this community, we are all very deeply interconnected. The repeated harm that your acts of crime and violence have caused in our neighborhoods has cut deep, has cut wide, and has been very, very painful. We get it that some of you might not think that this is a choice. We get it that some of you might just tune us out. But for those of you who believe that a choice is possible, we are here to say that we're ready to work with you. The moment that I realized I was going to go legit was I was sitting at Fox Lake Correctional Institution. Uh, right before I came home. Uh, I did nine months, and that whole nine months, I it hurt it. I mean, I sat in prison. I was comfortable because I had a TV. I had the things I needed, but I didn't have what I wanted, and that was life. Yeah, getting a letter is bad. <laughs> it's real bad. Sitting in front of them law enforcement agencies, yeah, that's bad. But they really saying they really there to help you. So if once we get from under the shock and maybe the anger of how they doing this to us and take time to reflect and pick up the phone, you'll see that the SIU will really be there for you. If they can extend their hand and help you to not uh, commit another crime, they will. I enrolled in like the porch light program, uh, independent living for men, and I have my own apartment. Um, and these are all the things that SIU can offer. Uh, 
right now I'm doing a voluntary work for Juneteenth. Uh, I'm securing. We secure the premises. Um, I'm doing parking enforcement right now. I know how to talk to the people and work with the people. Man, we're, we're glad to have them. This is what it's all about, is uh, people who make a change in their life and give back to the community, most definitely. And, and uh, he's doing it today. Absolutely. Yeah, good guy. Good work, man. Thanks, man. Yep. We're prepared to help you in terms of getting your high school GED. We're there to help you in terms of looking at an option towards that first job that gets you back into the mainstream of being an income earner. We're willing to find resources to help you in looking for suitable, habitable housing. We're willing to provide you with AODA counseling and support groups and measures in which you can have points of reinforcement so that you know you're not going it alone. We have community groups that have resources for you above and beyond to get to tide you over to try to get you to that next level. There are opportunities that are, quite frankly, not typical of those who are looking at re-engagement. In this, in this sense, this re represents a very unique opportunity, an opportunity should you seize the magnitude of the order. You go back and like, whisper in your ear before you made it decision to start lying to the detectives and, and going down the path that led you back here, what, what message would you try to whisper to yourself or tell yourself? Well, I would say uh, think about the consequences. Think about um, what you got over your head. I got, um, actually I got over 20 years over my head and I would let myself know if you always do what you always done, you always get what you always got. What is it? What has it been like to be back here? It's been horrible. Away from your family, away from your kids, away from your girlfriend, wife, etc. It's pretty much hell. How about, uh, like you said, the old neighborhoods, the old friends? Do you think it's going to be tough to kind of steer away from those influences? I know they're definitely going to be around. And, um, you know, i got to just be a man and let them know that I'm not trying to come back to prison. And I know um, during this prison stay, none of them wrote me. <laughs> none of them. I got a phone call from none of them. Uh, I, none of them sent me money. So it's like... You know, y'all ain't really in for my best interest. Y'all want me to come home. Y'all want me to jump back in the game, sell drugs, start using again. But, um, nah. You know that, like I told you, there's going to be guys that are going to be sitting in that chair getting notified in the future here, and they'll be watching this video. If you had to tell them one piece of advice, you know what that would be? Don't take this program for granted. Don't think you can... um get away with murder. Don't think you can get away with anything, really. One slip up, you could be gone for the rest of your life, or you could actually die in a place like this. This is serious. Um, use the program because they can help you. They definitely can help you. While there is a very deliberate tone, and that is zero tolerance for any other misbehavior, you're going to be held to stringent standards of accountability. I don't want to minimize that element of the program. That's the direct, immediate, and significant accountability measure. But I don't also want to get lost in the fact that everybody here is pulling for you. Everybody here wants you to make it. They want to connect with people who offend in a different way, in a proactive way. They are hoping that you will make this work. And that's why they stand ready, willing, and able to give you resources, give you reinforcement, give you mentors that hopefully will make you a success in your reentry campaign. So yes, scared straight accountability, that may be what the overall daunting theme is from a lot of us because we come from an enforcement background. But I would say every bit as commensurate with that is the fact that there are opportunities here, 
opportunities which only you can avail yourselves of. And I hope you take that choice. I'm your district attorney, Dish Pelosi. And I say to you that I'm your district attorney because I'm here in Dane County trying to ensure that our streets are safe. All of you know what we do, and you know that we're very good at it. I'm also here because I want you to succeed. Because if you succeed, our streets are safer. Because of your choices in the past, you have hurt people, you have put others at risk, and you have put yourselves in the chairs that you sit in. But you have an opportunity. It's not going to be easy. But if you take advantage of it, you will regain the power and the respect that you seek and have sought. And in the past, you may have used violence and fear, but that doesn't give you power. That actually gives your power away because it puts you in a position for us to take your life. There is no death penalty here in Wisconsin, but you give up your life when you choose to do something that puts you behind bars, that puts you under someone else's thumb. So I'm asking you, not to make the easy choice, but to make the right choice so that you can spend your time in the community with the rest of us so that you can find support so that you could hopefully help make sure some young person does not make the same mistakes you have. I'm also here to ensure you that our commitment has been to follow your cases from the beginning to the end if you should make the wrong choice and commit another violent offense. We will represent the Department of Corrections at the revocations. We will take your case to trial. We will not offer some settlement as you may have gotten in the past. So it becomes almost a all-or-nothing game. But I hope that we never come to that position. I hope to never see you in this position again. But that is entirely up to you. It will not be easy. But I guarantee if you do make the right choice, it will be rewarding in so many ways that you may not be able to fathom. So yes, we are here to give you encouragement and support, but also the guarantee that if you choose not to take advantage of this opportunity, you choose not to take your power back, to give yourself choices, to give yourselves opportunity, we will be here. Good luck. I'm John Baudry. I'm the United States Attorney. And there's 15 federal prosecutors in my office, and we prosecute crimes that cover the two-thirds of the state of Wisconsin, all these western counties. Um, what I want to do, from my, my view, this is make this very straightforward so the information is clear. And what I want you to do from when I'm done talking is remember one name and one number, okay? The name I want you to remember is Orlando Larry. The number I want you to remember is 20 years. Three years ago, in March of 2012, Orlando Larry sat right in that chair. And all these really, really good people who've already introduced themselves to you talked to him. All of us talked to him. Like you tonight, Mr. Larry was asked to change. He was promised all the help to change his life. But he was also told, just like we have tonight, that he would be in the spotlight and we'd be watching him. He was promised 
that if he chose and made the choice to reoffend, it'd be over, just like we've said tonight. So what did Orlando Larry do? He walked out of here. He rejected their help. He chose to sell heroin and then crack cocaine. And we made good on our promise. Now, he didn't become the big conspiracy, big, huge case. It was just Orlando Larry selling heroin and crack cocaine to a person who turned out to be an undercover police officer. Who was involved? Madison Police Department. Who else was involved? DEA. The U.S. Marshal. We knew that Orlando Larry had sat here. They called our office and said, not only will we do that case as a federal case, but I'm going to do it myself. I've been a federal prosecutor for 35 years, and I said, I want Orlando Larry to know that we meant what we said. He was arrested. He went to trial. He was found guilty. And our federal judge sentenced him to 20 years in prison without parole. But I think what I really want you to think about is she, the judge, knew all about this night. I took the video that's being made. We put it into a DVD. It was given to his lawyer, and it was given to the judge. I asked her to watch it, and she did. She saw all that's taking place here. She saw these really, really extraordinarily good people offer him help. And when she was sentencing to 20 years in prison, she looked at him and said, Mr. Larry, you should have accepted the help they offered. And there he sits. So following up on what my colleagues have said, there's really two themes that I see. Support. We want to give you support. But accountability, we're going to hold you accountable. The folks who've introduced themselves to you and will meet with you afterwards are really good, hardworking people. They know what it's like, many of them, to sit in your chairs. One of them said to me, a man much wiser than me, however, a person's got to want to be saved. That's you, okay? you got to want to be saved. If you don't want to be saved, here we are. We will keep you in a spotlight. The chief has six or so dedicated officers. They're going to help you. They're going to bring you turkeys. They're going to help you get diapers if you need them. But if they find out you're violating the law, then it's up to us. I want to make a couple things really clear about federal penalties. Because everything I've thought about tells me that if you talk to adults and you tell them exactly what the problem they face is, that a good percentage of you will not make the wrong decision. So let me just tell you about two things you face. Amongst you, you've got 40 felonies, I think uh, 60 or 80 victims. All sorts of violent crimes, burglaries, armed robberies, drugs. So let me just tell you about one federal crime. If you have three of those, if you've got a couple of violent crimes, you've got a drug crime, doesn't matter if you did hardly any time or did a lot of time. If you have those three crimes and you possess one gun or you possess one bullet, just one bullet, this is ATF's baby. That's a 15-year mandatory sentence. I've spoke to all the sheriffs in the state of Wisconsin within the last couple of weeks. I've talked to all the new chiefs of police and the new sheriffs at their training. And I told them, we want to know if guys with those records possess one bullet or a gun because we will prosecute them, and it will be 15 years mandatory. It doesn't matter what you say to the judge. So keep that in mind. If you think you're going to reoffend, by gosh, don't do it with a gun and don't carry any weapons. Don't carry any bullets. Second thing I want you to think about, if, if, you, if your crimes were drug crimes, this is what Orlando Larry did. He went back, and one of the days he sold to our undercover police officer slightly over 28 grams of crack cocaine. Now, we've changed the drug laws. We're trying not to be as stern and as severe. But that's for first-time offenders. That's for people who, who we think maybe deserve another chance. If you sell 28 grams of crack with your records, it's 10-year mandatory. Ten years mandatory. It doesn't matter how happy the judge is, how much he or she thinks you deserve a chance. They can't do it. So the point of tonight is to treat you like adults, clearly explain the help that's being offered, and clearly explain the problems you face. But you've got to want to be saved. We want you to be saved, because our only goal is to make this community safer. It will be safer if you accept their help, okay? We will be happy. But I'm going to be honest with you. 
It will also be safer if you reoffend, because when you reoffend, as much as it will hurt you, we will put you in prison, and you will not be here to hurt other people. We want the community safer in one way or the other. It's going to happen. So let me just tell you this last thought. When I look out and I look at people who've come for you and people with your friends, and I know there's family out there and your girlfriends and mothers and fathers, brothers, sisters. So this is what, what I think. If you choose to reoffend, what I want you to do is go to them and say, um, they offered me all this help, but I've rejected it. I could have been here with you, but I have chosen to commit a crime. I have chosen to commit a crime knowing I will go to prison. Now, you don't want to say that, okay? But that's what you've got to say. That's what you will be saying. You have to look your mother, your girlfriend, your, your children in the eye and say, quite frankly, I have chosen to go back to prison rather than being with you. I don't think you want to say that. I think you guys want to be saved, work with those good people. And I don't usually say this to people, but I hope we never see each other again. Me? <laughs> I don't usually have that kind of command presence over this man. Usually he's directing me. Hey, um, a month or so ago, I was visiting one of my detectives. I was visiting him in a hospital unit. And so come to find out, how the heck did you get here? I said, well, you know, I wasn't feeling great, but... I thought it was a little acid reflux, maybe that third piece or fourth piece of pizza. He had minimized and rationalized and denied everything that his body was telling him. And it kept going on. And, you know, he's macho. We're like, this is a guy thing. We don't ask for directions and we downplay what's hurting in our medical scheme, right? It's a guy thing. That's not something to be proud of. But finally, <coughs> he was Tossing and turning in bed like a fish on the pier. And finally, his wife says, what is up with you? Well, I got this and that. She immediately insisted, get dressed. We're going to the hospital. She probably saved his life because he had clots in his lung. If he had just continued just to go along, get along, I can handle this. I got this. No worries. If he hadn't been so macho, thank God he had a persistent wife who said, no, we are doing this. And I think that sort of is a reflection of all of us. I think we think we got this all going on. We can handle this. We got it in stride. Don't be so proud as not to ask for the help. Temptations are on every door. I get that. And like I said, I don't know what your experience has been with detectives before. This is a new breed that you're going to be seeing. They hope that they can save a life. They put enough people behind bars. They want to try something different. So don't be afraid. If not us, ask who your mentor is. Ask your social service. But you can't be so macho that you're afraid not to ask for the help that's there. If only you ask. But don't minimize it. Don't deny it. And best of luck. All right? You want to answer no questions? Well, I don't know if I can. Go ahead. What is it? Oh, I want to know um, what's the selection process and um, what's the paperwork, the criteria on how, how y'all pick the people to do Well, they got a lot of meetings. Come on over here, Lieutenant. Well, I'll meet with you after. Okay, we're going to have some pizza after, and I'm happy to talk to all of you about the selection process. About that process? Yeah. All right. And if you'd sit down, we have one more piece to go. Good question. Good luck. Thanks. Very appropriate. Can partners join us up in front? Hey, sure. Good luck. I've had deputies that know me in the jail that said I'm not, I'm not a good candidate. Jesse, are you going to join us as well? No, not tonight. Okay. Can I can I share your line? Can I may I share your line that you used? Yeah. Okay. Community partners, gentlemen, are going to speak to you right now, but one of the things I want to share with you is we have a young man in the back who previously sat where you're sitting. And the last time we met, one of the things that he said that struck me the most was how surprised he was that all of these people in law enforcement could agree on one thing. 
They don't work together well, but they did tonight, and they did it for your benefit. So you're going to hear initially from a couple of people here tonight, and then we'll have some pizza, and you're welcome to talk with anybody that you want to talk with about the services that are available. Mr. Hawk, are you starting? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Again, my name is James Hawk. I am the CAV resource specialist. When you come to MOM, if you choose to come to MOM, I am the individual that you will work with. We will do an assessment to find out what your needs are. We will do a treatment plan so that you know when you have successfully completed what you needed to do. I'm also an alcohol and drug counselor. I have been for the past 20-plus years, and I offer immediate access to treatment services. I do do some psychiatric services also. We can't be everything to everyone, but we do try to help. There is life after prison. My institution numbers, I told you earlier, is 36107A. I did five bits. There was something wrong with my thinking. That's why I did five bits. Something needed to change in my thinking to keep from going back to prison. Between John and myself, we have over 20 years of prison time completed and 50-plus years of freedom time. We have figured out and we know how to live free and deal with life on life's terms. That is what we do and help you with at MOM. If that's what you're interested in, if that's what you want to be a part of, we are more than willing to work with you. Think about this. Here's an organization that its sole purpose, the only reason that MOM exists, is to provide services to you at no cost. That's our sole purpose. We have a 93% success rate for those individuals that have come in and stayed with us, a 93% success rate. So you can come and be a success or you can be a statistic. You can be a success or you can be a successful failure. It's your call. What I would ask at the end of this, we have some information here, some brochures, and I would ask for you to sign in so that I have your name and your number. If you choose not to, I will be meeting you at your PO's office. Michelle Corbett will be your agent. If I don't get the information here, I will get it when you're there. John. Okay, my name is John Gibbons. I know a lot of you here. As James said, I work at the Madison Urban Ministry. I've been there five years now. My number is 641138. I've been out on the 25th of this month. It will be 36 years. Okay. I mean, I did eight, and that wasn't me. I committed a criminal act, but I'm not a criminal, because in my heart of hearts, I knew better. You could not tell my mom, you could not make her believe that her son committed a crime. I had to be following somebody else. I had to be following the bad guys, because she said, I taught you better than that. That's the reason I made that one. I promised the Lord. I said, Lord, if you let me get out, I'll stay out. And like I said, I'm blessed to see the 25th of this month. It'll be 36 years that I've been out. And I thank him for it. But I've been out on a mission since I've gotten out. I worked at the Urban League back in the 80s. They did a newspaper article on me. One man who saved to save all ex-offenders, because I came out with that. I'm going to save everybody attitude. But what I learned is that everybody don't want to be saved. And you can only save those people who want to be saved. And if you want that opportunity to stay out here, I mean, in 36 years, man, I see the look on y'all's face like, you know, I'm going to get out of here. But look, take this serious. I picked one of the gentlemen up today and made sure he got here on time. And I told him on the way over here, this is not a joke. You know, if your freedom is a joke, then play with it. You know, but at MOM, I'm the circle of support coordinator. What I do there is I take and I put a circle of volunteers around one individual and build a support system for you. As James said, we're operating right now at about 90, 93% success rate of people that come to us and serious about wanting to be there. I have a guy here that's in the circle tonight, you know, so he's taking advantage of it, and hopefully he'll keep taking advantage of the opportunity. So we also have Jess Bakery at MOM. 
that's a, a, a training opportunity for people to teach them bakery skills. You can come out of there with, with a mom uh, just bakery certificate one, a National Restaurant Association Serve Safe Certificate, Wisconsin Food Management License, mom just bakery two, Wisconsin Bakers Association Certificate. I mean, you got all the opportunities in the world to do something different if you choose to. We're here, uh, so please stop by and, and talk to us. And if you want help, we're here to help you. If you don't, that's your choice. My name is Diana Chanel, and my program is called Madison Apprenticeship Program. Now, I don't have a prison story. I've never been to jail in my life. I've never drunk drugs or alcohol. But I had a heart for young men and women who I saw suffering and created a 12-week originally life skill training program to help people come back to some realities, to face some issues, deal with them because we all have them, and then move forward in their lives. I've been doing this since 2005. I've had 175 graduates from the program, and 75% of those people were it's in some one form or another involved in Department of, Department of Corrections, and 75% of those individuals have been employed since 2005 and continue to be employed. So a record is not the excuse. I can't get a job. Whoa, it's me. Whoa, it's me too. We're here to help. I'm here to offer you this opportunity. If you choose to come, we can help direct you. We also do a second level of MAP now with on-the-job training. We work with po people in the hospitality industry, the restaurant business, uh, catering business. These are people who have come to us and said, we'll give these folks a chance. If they learn the skill, we'll hire them. So you have an opportunity to gain employment. And I'll give you one little tidbit. Everybody says, well, I don't want to work for McDonald's. Well, we did a formula in one of our classes where we took a person who worked at McDonald's. They had been in prison for five years, and we did the math on that person starting at making minimum wage. By the time that five years was up, they had made over $500,000. So McDonald's isn't so bad after all. When you factor in the benefits, the overtime, the raises, but if you look at it as it's McDonald's, it looks awful pity. We're here to help if you want the help. Um, my name is uh, Barbara McKinney, and I supervise all the reentry programs, but I'm doing something different now. I'm actually going inside the institution, and um, I run a program called Windows to Work. Um, some of the gentlemen I worked with inside of Oak Hill. Um, and why I'm at the table is, is that I had a son who was smart, just like a lot of you that's sitting in front of me. But he was going one or two ways. It wasn't an in-between for him. Either I knew he would do great things, or I knew he was going to be in prison. Wasn't any in-between. What helped him were the mentors in his life that grabbed him, that challenged him, to say that you can go another way. That saved him, and I'm grateful for that. I go inside the institution now, and I see young men like, like you that are inside, and I want to grab them and say, you do have a choice. Now, that's in a side or kill. But when you get out on the street the way you are now, there's a lot of opportunities. We're really serious about it. If you want it, we're there to give it to you. If you don't want it, that's okay, too. But if you want it, we are absolutely there to work with you. Hi. My name is Terrence Jones. Um, well, I just got out of prison, <clears throat> excuse me, um, last May. Um, I was in there half of my life. Um, got started getting in trouble at the age of 16 and 17 years old. So, um in prison, while in prison, what I did was educate myself and thought about my choices and decisions. And when I came out of prison, um, I was told I was going to be at SIU. So, you know, I came here feeling the same way you guys feeling, you know, my head down, uh, wondering why I'm picked, you know. And But what I want to say is I took advantage of the, of the opportunity with the help they give you. Um, I work with this guy amazing guy named James Hawk at the end of the table right there. He's a mentor to me. I also work with Miss uh, Samantha um, 
Kellogg. And um, this guy right here in him. Um, well, I go to um, what is it called again? I, I ain't club. been there in so long. The well, the job center, and I um, try to help guys find jobs. You know, I just try to help people and um, things like that. Well, I just want to say that you know, um, it's all about our choices and our decisions. You know, and um, just being positive. This program is not to scare nobody. It's just to prevent crime. You know what I'm saying? Because we have affected people in society, you know what I'm saying? And um, it's just, I mean, if you're not committing crimes, I mean, they don't bother you. But they are here to help you, you know, um, advance in life. I know we all, some some of us have kids, have families, you know, and there's a lot of people in here that have family that want their people, their family safe. So that's what this program is, revolved, is revolved around. And, um, you know, if y'all, anybody need help, you know, with, coping with trying to find jobs, I'm, I'm open with trying to help people and stuff like that. And I can't say school education could be one thing that you can um, advance yourself with. Um, I'm in school, and also I found a great job um, with just going hard and just believing in myself and loving myself. You know, I've been in prison with a couple of you guys, and um, I'm just, I just want to be a reflection to those that, left behind and just that may be getting out soon, you know, and show them, give, it, give them hope that it's, a, it's, it's possible. You have a chance. You, it's just based on your thinking. That's it. Thank you. My name is Bill, and uh, as Terrence was saying, we do an employment group. Uh, we're actually doing the employment portion of the Journey Home Program at MOM. We've been doing so for about eight years now. Um, I looked at our how many people we worked with. We worked with well over a thousand people in that time, and and hundreds of them have gotten jobs. And, and right now we have a really good placement. It's a great time to look for a job right now. You still have to have some things in place. Our goals are to get a person an interview, and that sounds you know simple, but it's there's some steps involved in that, uh, and then also then to get hired. So you have to not interview. And then we'll support the person until they get their first paycheck through transportation. So that's kind of the three pieces of the program. Um, and, you know, by the way, if you want to be in this program, you go to Mass and Urban Ministry on Tuesday and Thursday at 3 o'clock, and, and they'll refer you over to us. Um, so I, that's about all I have to say. I mean, it definitely is a good chance if, you want to, if you're interested. Also, don't forget, like Terrence was saying, don't forget employment because there are a lot of job Readiness uh, programs, there is, of course, the university, there is Madison College, there is Urban League, all sorts of stuff out there. As this city has so many opportunities available, it's, you know, it's remarkable. So, thanks. Hey, fellas. My name is Anthony Cooper. I'm the Director of Reentry Services for Nehemiah. Um, so I do employment services. Also, I have some housing programs, and I also do mentoring and do some advocacy as well. Hopefully I don't want to see you guys on the advocacy um, um, end of things. Um, one of the things that I, always, I tell every guy that who I work with, I consider it's a partnership. I'm going to work hard with you. If you need help with certain things, come on, let's try to do this together. Um, I, you know, I also refer people to other um, programs as far as MUM or any other organizations that are out there that I feel if I can't help, we don't find the help together. Um, you know, some of the guys know me um, for just being out in the community and also even coming through near my house or just being around um, in Madison. But I, I definitely, whatever I can do to help, I will. Um, and, again, like I said, it's a partnership, guys. Um, you know, whatever we can do to, together, let's make it happen and make sure you guys don't go back to prison. Um, again, I've, I've been to prison. I said no more. I'm, uh, that was it. That was it. Once was it good enough for me. Um, I've been home 15 years just about now. Um, you know, like I said, it's nothing different from me to you. You, you. you guys can do the exact same thing. I, did, I didn't have, I don't even think SIU was around during that time, but at the same time, you know, I think, if anything, you have the extra support now to make sure that you can make it and use it. I mean, um, a, a friend of mine always said it's always bad. Um, it's one thing when you, um, when you basically when you use someone, but it's really bad when you end up misusing someone. You know, come on, let's make this happen, because none of you guys want to go back to prison, especially like one of the brothers said, you know, if you have family, you have kids, one of the things that really tore me apart is when my sons want to stay in prison with me. 
You know, so that means nine times out of ten, if I would have kept doing the same things I was doing, they was going to come back and see me there, then one day I'm going to be there with them. So, all right, brothers. Thank you, Anthony. Yes, ma'am. As I told you earlier, my name is Beth Lewis. If you haven't completed high school, let me help you do that. If you've completed high school and you're ready to go on to college, let's help you get connected with MATC and some of the other wonderful resources that we have here. What I can assure you is is that the first thing you'll do when you go to prison is start on your education. So let's get you done while you're here. And, and that's my goal for you and for you to be successful in our community. So um, Mr. Hawk will refer you to me, or I'll be happy to, to help you with any of those pieces that you might need. So I believe Lieutenant Patterson's going to bring some pizza up, and then you can talk with the people that are here. Or do you want to? Okay, sorry.